0: everyone and welcome back to our channel of KLP Entertainment. Reporting live from our newsroom, I'm Beatrix Gemma. We hope everyone is having a great start to the new year. Here's your news breaking for January 4th. In a wide-ranging interview, the Fisker Incorporated CEO talks about avoiding production hell, making an actually affordable electric car, and why 2023 will be a pivotal year for EVs. Ken Henrik Fisker talks about his company's plans for this year, like possibly sharing the platform for the new Fisker Ocean Electric crossover with other automakers or unveiling the Fisker Ronin EV Grand Tourer. he tends to be circumspect. The design mogul turned EV startup founder seems reluctant to make the bombastic promises that have worked against other new automotive ventures. But when he is asked about the short-seller report that claimed Fisker incorporated. S finances are largely tied up in a deal with its contract factory, he does not mince words. The guy is a simple crook," Fisker said in a recent interview with The Verge. You can quote me on that. I was surprised that anybody even printed that stuff. At the beginning of December, short-seller Fuzzy Panda Research released a report alleging that Fisker Incorporated. S current cash balance is tied up in undisclosed bank guarantees to its Austrian factory partner, Steer. It also claimed the Ocean's platform is based on that of a Chinese crossover also made by Steer. The claim was met with a forceful denial from Fisker Incorporated. It also precipitated a 5% drop in shares of the company, which went public by merging with a special-purpose acquisition company in 2020. This year will end amid an uneasy time for many EV and mobility startups. Investments in those firms are beginning to cool off, a trend that is likely to continue into 2023 amid an uncertain economy and car market. Additionally, Fuzzy Panda's report is not the first time an activist short-seller firm has gone after an automotive startup. In 2020, a report from Hindenburg Research through EV and hydrogen semi-truck startup Nikola into chaos, ultimately leading to the conviction of its founder on fraud charges all of this is a moment fisker seems eager to move past so he can get some cars into the hands of his customers known for his design work on the bmw z8 and various aston martins and leading ford's global advanced design studio this is his second go as a car company ceo his first venture fisker automotive which produced the karma plug-in hybrid sedan threw in the towel when its battery supplier went bankrupt. It's complicated, Fisker Incorporated has the same logo as the original Fisker Automotive, but that company was reborn as Chinese-owned Karma Automotive, which kept the Karma going as the Karma Revero. This year will be a make-or-break one for both Fisker and the company that bears his name. It will test Fisker Inc.'s asset-light approach to building EVs outsourcing production to third-party manufacturers across the globe while Fisker Inc. itself focuses on design, engineering, and customer service. It's a fairly unique approach for any car company that eventually seeks to be a big, global, high-volume player. Contract manufacturers are often used to make special models or to augment production capacity when needed. But most automakers want to own their production process, Rivian, for example, produces the A1T and A1S at its plant in Normal, Illinois, and is building an even bigger plant in Georgia. For now, at least, Fisker Incorporated will depend on outside companies, with each model produced at a different location. That starts with the production of the Fisker Ocean, a roughly Tesla Model Y size electric crossover with an estimated 350-mile range. The Ocean will be built by Magna Steer which has a long track record of supplementing manufacturing capacity for stalwarts like the BMW 5 Series sedan as well as lower-volume specialty cars like the BMW Z4 and Toyota Supra. Production of the Ocean started in small batches at Magna Steer in November. The crossover has already garnered early positive reviews when tested in 85% done form by journalists this fall. If things go according to plan, Magna Steer will build 300 ocean crossovers in Q1 2023 before ramping up to a total of 42,000 by the year's end. Earlier this year, Fisker faced a choice between delaying production to correct software issues related to its driver assistance system or going ahead and fixing the software later on. It chose the latter. Some early ocean models will receive over-the-air updates early next year. The Ocean will then join an increasingly crowded field of higher-range EV crossovers, competing against the Tesla Model Y, the Volkswagen ID.4, the Cadillac Lyric, and more. The launch-spec Ocean One model is aiming for a top-of-the-class 350 miles of range and is priced at $68,999. Later, the base Ocean Sport will launch at $37,499 with 250 miles of range. Several ocean trims are already sold out for 2023. Besides the range, Fisker says the ocean has a design edge over competitors with features like a rotating 17.1 inch touchscreen and California mode, which opens all the windows and the optional solar sky roof. A significant amount of the interior is made from recycled plastic as well. Next up is the Fisker Pair, or Personal Electric Automotive Revolution, a smaller EV Fisker Incorporated claims will launch with a remarkably competitive price of $29,900. That's before any tax incentives, which it does stand to receive because it's due to be built at Foxconn's plant in Lordstown, Ohio. If Fisker Incorporated pulls this off, it will be one of the very few players even bothering with more affordable EVs in the current market. Most automakers are going for luxury buyers to offset the high Randy and manufacturing costs involved with battery power. But this is where Fisker says he sees an opening. I think the biggest opportunity is actually in the more affordable segment right now, he said. We need everyone to own an EV. And everyone cannot afford an $80,000 electric SUV or a $120,000 electric sedan, no matter how cool they are. The company thinks it can meet that target by dramatically reducing the number of parts involved in the car, even by the more austere standards set by the Tesla Model 3's interior. After that, there's the Fisker Ronin, a callback to Fisker's own sports car routes. Named after the car chase-heavy John Frankenheimer action classic, Fisker says the Ronin will be a four-door convertible Grand tourer EV targeting a range of more than 550 miles and a price tag of around $200,000. The Ronin would be one of the only EV convertibles on the market. The upcoming Polestar 6 is about the only similar thing in the pipeline. But even without announcements of cars powered by rocket thrusters, it's a very aspirational lineup for a startup, especially one that will depend, for now, on outside entities for production. Fisker likens it to a marathon and one that starts next year. This interview has been condensed and lightly edited for clarity the forty-two thousand is still the same that hasn't changed we developed the ocean in record time we have developed it in less than two and a half years which is sort of unusual in the car industry where you normally spend four to five years developing a vehicle one of the negatives about that is we couldn't really convince any of the authorities to certify the car for safety and emissions faster so we're actually starting production and still waiting for some homologation which we should be getting in february i think we're not immune to supply chain issues either we also have to work with our suppliers to figure out how we get them to ramp up probably from now until the end of q1 the whole goal here is to get all of the suppliers lined up some a little slower than others so that's why we set a very low ramp of 300 vehicles by the end of q1 next year magna could probably produce several thousand vehicles but we just didn't want to take that risk and have some suppliers that couldn't follow that speed in this environment maybe the most difficult thing is to make sure that you get all suppliers to the same speed once in a while some car makers have to stop production just because of one or two parts and you can't finish a car unless you've got all of the parts you don't want to be standing with thousands of cars that can't ship because one supplier can't deliver the parts so that's what we're working on right now after that it's actually a very steep ramp up compared to i think any other startup we are planning around 8,000 vehicles in q2 next year which is quite a lot but we are comfortable with that because we have taken more time to align suppliers we didn't want to jump out claiming to do thousands of cars in the first quarter and then end up with much less and then it's sort of a disappointment We are trying to mitigate the risk here. Overcapacity, meaning there is too much manufacturing capacity versus the cars, being produced. And that is still the case today. I saw the other day that Stellantis is closing a, Jeep, factory in Illinois. I think we did the right thing. It's not just about capacity, quite frankly, it's really about the difficulty of manufacturing. I mean, you've heard even Elon, Musk, talk about manufacturing hell and how difficult that was. And I think that especially if you're not from the car industry, I don't think people are aware of how difficult it is to manufacture a car. It's not just putting the parts together, but it's getting all these parts just in time, in the right quality. One of the things we did at Magna is we spent $750,000 on a zero tolerance model. It's basically three solid blocks of aluminum milled out with almost zero tolerance. And what we do is we take parts from suppliers and put them on this milled out aluminum block what that does is you're checking if suppliers delivered the part in the quality and measurement they're supposed to sometimes some suppliers may have a little bending issue with something and a part is two or three millimeters off the problem with that is if something doesn't fit the next panel then that moves and that moves and it's a domino effect and that's where you see a lot of rework happening we want to avoid that because that's expensive that happens many times in the new vehicles specifically for startups and that's why you see this slow production it takes you instead of hours days to make a car because people have to go in and manually adjust things that's when you don't get the ramp up this is really where i feel we have done the right thing because we are on the right path to ramp up manufacturing and we are the only ones who didn't announce a delay in our manufacturing as far as i know we're the only startup that has not announced a reduction in our forecast of sales we have also decided to do a complete steel platform and steel body again for lower cost yes aluminum was lighter but it's more expensive and it's more expensive to repair so we went for old steel and then we went very radical with the interior design in terms of simplifying it for a low cost we then also looked at innovations in the vehicle itself We have a new way of getting into the trunk we call the Houdini Trunk. It doesn't open like a normal hatch or a normal trunk, which can be very beneficial specifically in tight places when you want to get into a trunk. We looked at how we could broaden the appeal of this car beyond private ownership. Can we make this vehicle ideal for ride hailing, car sharing, and food delivery? So we looked at broadening the market for those vehicles so we can get super high volume. We're aiming at 250,000 volume, which is very high, annually. To do that, we have to get the price right, we have to make it desirable, and we have to broaden the potential market. Those are the three things we looked at, and right now, we're on target. We want to make money on the base model as well. You're never going to make as much money in the base model as in a fully optioned up model, that's just how the industry works. But we do expect the vehicle to still come in at $29,900 and we're going to make money on it if you look at an interior today it's hundreds and hundreds of parts if you sit in your car you will notice all the parting lines in your dash panel you'll see all the layers and if you start counting you'd look at your door panel and it probably consists of seven or eight parts that are broken up and it can come with different trims Those are the things that we try to simplify, while still making a cool, exciting design. The other thing we did was we brought in advanced manufacturing right away. Normally, manufacturing comes in at a later stage in development. But we brought them in from the beginning. And we had discussions on certain parts, saying, Hey, does that part really need to be in two? Can you make it into one part, and will it be easier to manufacture and assemble? so we have these discussions very early and i think that's also a little unique we just basically looked at everything even under the underbody how can you simplify that including how you put in the battery everything that will do it for our news breaking report for wednesday january 4th please remember to like comment and subscribe to our channel of klp entertainment Reporting live from our newsroom, I'm Beatrix Gemma.